If you ache for truth, goodness, and beauty, if you're hungry for a Christianity with substance and strength, if you long for a faith that's big and bold and biblical and all about Jesus Christ, if you're inspired by the idea of one church that has spanned 20 centuries, 24 time zones, and two hemispheres, enfolding every race, nation, and language, then you're considering Catholicism. We're out here in the Piney Woods discussing the final three of the uh, capital sins, or is it cardinal sins? I'm always getting capital sins. Capital sins. The, the seven deadly sins are called the capital sins, okay. right? As we right. said, because other sins in our life sort of flowed downhill from them. Right. So we started out with pride and then envy and we got wrath worked in there. And now we're down to the sort of everyday. Uh, yeah, the final, yeah. The final three really uh, are, are in a sense practical. They're the practical things that trip us up. And as humans, they're very human things and they're easy to fall into. Even people with good theological knowledge and right. and good theological spiritual intentions right. can fall into these things because they're human faults and foibles that's really easy to let them kind of take control of our life. I, uh, so gluttony is our topic for today. Gluttony. Gluttony, my old friend. <laughs> um, I, uh, I confess I indulged in this yesterday. Uh, I went out with a, I, I ate dinner and then I went out with a friend and we sat over at Logan's restaurant and the waitress brought by, we were just, just going to have something to drink and sit and talk. And she brought by a basket of rolls. So I just oh, dove yeah, right into yeah, them. Right. And then I'm, I'm late, you know, I'm, I'm standing in the bathroom at 1230, uh, <laughs> chugging Tums because I'm of an age where you I just can't pull that off anymore. And, and, and here's the thing. I know better. I right. knew what was going to happen when I was putting the the butter on the roll and I did it anyway. Right. Yeah. I, you know, this, this, at noon I came home and my wife had gone to the grocery store and she had a couple of big bags of chips and salsa because, um, we've got an event thing going on right. and I'm like, man, I could just turn on some sports this afternoon and, right. uh, before you know it. You know, I could I do just, a whole bag of chips easy. Yeah. Easy. Well, that's the thing with potato chips too. Like right. you just, you, nobody eats like one potato chip. Right. So, so gluttony. So gluttony. Uh, I have a quote from the 19th century Russian Bishop Ignatius Ono Brian Kaninov. Brian Kaninov. Okay. He said of gluttony, anyway. How, whatever it, his name is. Whatever his name was. Iggy. They probably called him Iggy in middle school. I'm uh, sure they did. If you please and pamper your stomach. You will hurl yourself over the precipice of bodily impurity into the fire of wrath and fury. You will coarsen and darken your mind, and in this way you will ruin your powers of attention and self-control, your sobriety and vigilance. Wow. That's like, that. okay. That's, yeah. now that's right. a serious warning. It is. But the thing is, I don't think he's wrong in, mm. in what he's saying. You no, know, he's you, not wrong at you, all. You, 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 um... One thing leads to another, and we, we talked in the last podcast about sloth or acedia and this sort of modern malaise or this not caring about things, and uh, gluttony is just a lovely companion to that. Okay, so let's, let's acknowledge a couple of things as we approach gluttony. 
we are, uh, Christianity teaches us, the Bible teaches us, Christianity teaches Catholicism in particular emphasizes that we are bodily creatures. Right. Right. We are enfleshed. Um, we are enfleshed souls or souls that, that are wrapped right. up in flesh. In fact, I, you know, I've often made the point that when you read the description of how God made Adam in Genesis chapter two, it does not say God made Adam and then gave him a body. It says that God scooped up the dust of the earth and then breathed life in it. So rather than even being souls that have been given bodies, we are bodies that have been given souls. And it's, and we've talked many times on this podcast over the last year or so about the essential connection that a human being is a body and a soul. So our need for food is not some secondary consideration. Right. Right. It isn't like, well, we're spiritual beings and then we have to feed this stupid right. body. No, I mean, Adam and Eve were, were created and put in a garden. It's essential to our humanity to not only need food, right. but to enjoy yes. it. And it's one of the gifts of God. There's, you know, all those great quotes, you know, like the Benjamin Franklin quote, whether it's real or not, right? I mean, that beer is proof that God loves us and wants us to be happy. (laughs) Right. You know, right. And, you know, people have quipped about over the centuries, similar things about wine or whatever, that this is, that that God gives us these things because they are enjoyable and, and part of being human and enjoying their creatureliness and in the creation is to enjoy a meal and to enjoy the fruit of the vine and to enjoy these things. So, there's nothing wrong with enjoying a good meal and and honestly cuisine and cooking and table fellowship and right i mean the, there's a reason why the bible is full of all these descriptions the reason why when jesus w- wants to give himself to us he gives us this, himself to us in the eucharist yeah which which we eat eat his flesh and drink his blood right so just to say right away the notion of gluttony is not enjoying food and drink. Right. Important it, distinction. It, it's not, right? I mean, we're supposed to enjoy, we're supposed to eat, we're supposed to eat his, the Eucharist. We're supposed to enjoy food and drink. We're supposed to enjoy the creation. We're supposed to in, enjoy the right. good things that God gives. And, and we're supposed to have table fellowship around those things and eat meals with our families and our friends. Huh. That's all part of what God designed us to do. There's a skirt steaks in the refrigerator waiting for me to grill. There you go. We're done here. So there you go. So all that said, let's go back to that quote by Bishop Iggy again. What did he, what did he say? If you please and pamper your stomach, you will hurl yourself over the precipice of bodily impurity into the fire of wrath and fury. And you will coarsen and darken your mind. And in this way, you will ruin your powers of attention and self-control, your sobriety and vigilance. Yeah. So we're going to, in this episode, we're talking about the sixth of the seventh, which is gluttony. And then in the next episode, we're going to talk about lust, the last of the seventh. And there's a reason why these have gone down this progression, right? Yep. And you can obviously see sort of a, a linkage between gluttony and lust. Yeah. And that is, C.S. Lewis once said that, that, you know, and well, he was said it based on Thomas Aquinas, right? Which is that evil is not a thing. Evil has no no substance or existence. Evil is always a perversion of a good. Yeah. It's a twisting of a good. And and so when we look at 
eating, food and eating is good, but, but there is a perversion right. of that good, a misuse yeah. of that good thing that becomes the sin. So when we look at how we misuse food and drink, yeah. the, there's where the sin lies and the role it plays for us, how we use it, the degree to which we use it, its, its impact in our life. Uh, what it becomes a substitute for. We'll get back to the conversation in just a few moments. But first, I'd like to ask for your support in producing and expanding this podcast. It's produced by a 501c3 nonprofit ministry called One Whirling Adventure with a mission to excite and educate people about historic Catholic Christianity and to equip them to live, share, and defend it in the 21st century. Now, the production budget of this podcast isn't big, but it is real. We've set a goal of 40,000 worldwide downloads in 2023, with a crowdfunding goal of $35,000 to make that happen. Would you help us make that happen? If so, please go to consideringcatholicism.com. You can see our GuideStar charity rating there and donate online with a one-time or recurring gift. And if you have a business or organization interested in sponsoring our ministry, please shoot me an email, greg at consideringcatholicism.com. Thank you for listening and considering helping us to help others consider Catholicism. And now, back to the conversation. Yeah. So, like, we all will joke about you know, uh, when you're feeling sad or whatever, you know, I'm going to, um, bury my sadness, right. You right. know, I'm going to, um, you know, f- food, food, food right. is comfort food. Or what's my wife always joke about that? You know, food is love or food is right. happiness. Right. Right. We, when we're joking, it's like, if you've had a bad day, we have our, well, we have our golden retriever Finnegan and we, uh, every night we give him his cup of happiness, which I know someone's going to write me in and tell me this is terrible, <laughs> but basically what we do is I give him a little shot of whipped cream in a cup. Okay. And, uh, he, right. It's his cup of happiness. Right. Right. So the thing is, is, but in, in, in a serious vein, food, as we all know, can begin to play some insidious and drink can become played some insidious roles in our lives. Right. Where it becomes a substitute for other things. It becomes a patch. It becomes something that fills holes, emotional needs in us. It becomes something that we, that takes our eye off healthy things. And so gluttony becomes this misuse, this overuse, this obsession with. And there's reasons why, right? Because let's, we were talking about stuffing your face with food, but the, the same thing would apply with drink. Right. Right. So. Yeah, you know, beer is proof that God loves us and wants us to be happy, as Benjamin Franklin said. Right. So if I go have a, you know, if I go have a, a pint with a, a friend, right, that's can be a wonderful thing, assuming that we can both do that and it's not a, affect us in, right, you know, negative ways. But you know, then the second pint, the third pint, right? There comes a point at which now it's no right. longer a pint with your friend; it's six pints. And now you're sloppy and you're losing your keys and you're saying dumb things and right. right and you're smacking into cars on the way home, right? right? And at some point you've crossed a line where what was a good thing has been abused. And a lot of times that comes back to why you did that. 
because going out and having a pint with my friend was a good intention. But what drove me to have four, five, six, seven, right. eight pints? And that's where that, that pint of beer is beginning to fill some need in me, right. some hole in my emotional, mental, spiritual life. Right. That should be filled with something else. Well, you know, you sit down, every, all of us have had this experience. You're, you're having a bad day or things aren't going right. And then you sit down at a wonderful meal and it yep. makes everything better, yeah. right? Or, you, or your favorite restaurant or where they've got your yeah. favorite dish that you like to eat and it makes everything feel better. Um, the, 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 uh, the problem is when you think, well, if, if that made me feel better, more of it right. would make me feel even better. And you right. start to lose sight of God. Well, and you become dependent on that thing. Yeah. So you become to, that thing becomes a substitute. So a lot of times there's, you look back at why do I have a bad day? So I compensated for my bad day by leaning into something else instead of addressing the other issues. Right, right. So, you know, I have a relationship in my life, whether it's my boss or my coworker or my family member, neighbor or whatever. Right. And that relationship was off today or I had an argument or this and that. Now, instead of addressing that, that, conflict. Right. It's easier to go eat or drink the right. conflict away. And, right. and it's going to make me feel good while I'm eating or drinking a little bit. But I've now substituted or diverted myself right. from the one, the, the, the thing that I should do to this. And it's not, and in that sense, it becomes a substitute. It becomes a crutch. It becomes a right. uh, so, yeah, I mean, you can see and, you know, we can all relate to that with food or drink. It's a slippery slope. And, it, you know, because when you when you come uh, down from being drunk or when you are no longer full and stuffed, the thing is still there and yeah. you have to deal with it again. The and financial you, problem is still there. The conflict with your spouse yeah. is still there. The So do, the, I do I drink again or eat again? Do I whatever? Well, and that's what a lot of us do, right? right. And then that becomes then this loop that you get stuck right. in. And, and it becomes a self-destructive loop because the more you do it, the more you become dependent on it. And here's the thing, right? We've talked in the last step, couple of episodes about this idea of dopamine hits. Yeah. I keep saying that maybe, I don't know if all of our listeners know what that means, right? So your brain, there are glands in your brain that release this, this, uh, this hormone called dopamine, this chemical called dopamine. And it makes, gives you this feeling of euphoria. Right? right. And so when good things happen, you're like, oh, wow, ooh, a surprise, a birthday right. present, or this, right. or that. Right. It's an instant sort of, you know, kind of euphoria right. that spreads through your brain. And we all want that, that shot of dopamine that hits sure. our brain and makes us instantly feel good. Right. But what happens is, is that you can find things that give you that sort of high. Right. Right. So whatever that thing is, right. and then you, you even at a very physical neurological level crave more of that. Right. When I did that, it felt good. And now right. I want to do that. I want more of that thing that made me right. feel good. But here's the thing, like every drug that has diminishing returns. So right. the first time I do the drug, I get the hit. It feels good. Right. The second time, the third time, I need more and more and more of it. I need more and more constantly. Right. And so you can apply that to a thousand other things in life. We talked about uh, in an earlier episode about wrath, how anger actually becomes this emotion that you can become right. like, you know, become sort of addicted to the energy of being angry. Right. And I think this is pretty obvious to most of us sitting out here. We all relate to it where, you know, 
eating or drinking, stuffing my face, you know, guzzling, whatever. It's kind of a fun dopamine hit, but then I need more of it. I need more of it. And I become dependent on that dopamine hit. I want to keep eating that thing. I want another taco. I want another this. I want another drink. I want another whatever it is. And I'm going to keep doing it, searching for that. A, I'm trying to fill a whole emotional need. B, I'm trying to, I'm avoiding maybe the actual problems in my life that are making me feel sad in the first right. place. And three, I'm becoming de- dependent on this, this dopamine euphoria, which is right. increasingly diminishing and I need more and more and more. One, uh, one chocolate chip cookie at the McDonald's drive-thru <laughs> pretty soon doesn't give me, I'm right. just, well, I shouldn't say me. I, I'm, I'm speaking yeah. hypothetically or, or, no, or yeah. I know this guy, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, go to the drive-thru and get a cookie. And then, well, you know, two cookies would be, and now I'm thinking about getting a cookie at McDonald's. The, the, the dopamine hit starts when I get in the car and drive to the McDonald's yeah. and then, and then, you know. Well, and I think that's a great thing, how that begins. We'll talk about this a little bit in the next episode about lost, but it, then what it begins to do is dictate my actions. Yes. So like you say, I, I go now, I begin to organize my day and I begin to organize <laughs> right. my time around, around pursuing that hit. Right. But let's come back to gluttony for a second, because actually, you know, the, spirit, the, the, the great spiritual writers, the saints and doctors of the church talked about it. Thomas Aquinas talked about it in a larger context, because food and drink is sort of the most obvious one. You know, but they said, look, it's other material things other than sure. food or drink. That at the at its root, gluttony is not just just overeating and over drinking, but it's overusing material things. Mm-hmm. So someone might say, well, you know, that's not my drug. Right. Um, my drug is my social media or my 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 stuff. Right. We talked in, in the greed episode about how it becomes this attachment, but gluttony is a little subtle difference to that because it becomes this attachment that you overuse. Yeah. So just yeah. as food and drink isn't a bad thing, right? Right. Um, other material things are not necessarily bad. Right. But the abuse and overuse and attachment to those material things in an unhealthy way. Right. So if that is your stuff, your social media, I mean, you can be gluttonous. We talked in the last um, episode about acedia and sloth and, you know, scrolling your social media. Right. But you can become attached to, (laughs) we've all did this, I think, in the last couple of years, especially with the pandemic and the lockdowns. We became, at least a lot of us did, became addicted to binge watching like, sure. Like Netflix shows or yep. whatever. Yep. So my wife and I will be like, oh man, we're in a show hole. Like right. we binge watched all five <laughs> seasons of something right. and now there's nothing to watch. Right. So we I need like, another one. Yeah. So I'm going through like, you know, looking through whatever Netflix or whatever streaming services and I'm trying to find some other new series. And I find right. and I go, this looks pretty good. Look, there's six seasons of it. Yeah. So, so there's like six seasons <laughs> with 20 episodes a season. That's, that's 120 episodes. Right. And it's like, this will occupy us for a good two weeks. <laughs> right, 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 right. If we binge watch, you know, uh, uh, you know, at, at night. And so now I'm literally glutton. It's gluttony. Right. I'm binge watching right. five episodes of this show a night. Right. Um, and, and that is just another manifestation of that sort of gluttonous attachment. Right. 
Yeah, exactly. And we could say the same thing uh, about, about a million things. About a million things, and it becomes that that overuse of material things, and and the the sin in that. Obviously, I mean, obviously, it has all kinds of deleterious effects on our health, right? right. So if I just sure. stuff my face or drink or right. whatever or lay on my couch for the trifecta, the hat trick here, I lay on my couch, stuff my face drink and watch binge watch Netflix right, shows, right. right? I've hit the trifecta, the hat trick on <laughs> right. this deal of gluttony for six hours. Sure. I mean, that obviously is going to have negative effects in my life, right? It's going to affect my health. Sure. It's going to affect my mental state. It's going to affect my emotional well-being. It's going to affect my relationships. Because like, why are you laying around on a couch for six hours, you know, eating and drinking and and watching Netflix right. when I could have been building a relationship with my friends or my neighbors or my family or, or doing a thousand other things that would have been right. not only more productive, but remember when we talked about uh, generosity a couple of episodes ago as, a, as an antidote to greed, and we pointed out that, but the root word of Jenna comes as to with life-giving, things, yes. that, things that give life, yeah. right? And so the thing is, is that it's not always like, well, you know, I could, but there's things that you could do that in a sense, give life yeah, or create life or abundant. And part of gluttony is something that kind of steals life away from sure. you. So you sit here and say, well, laying on my couch, eating and drinking and watching Netflix for eight hours. Yeah, that was negative. And I'll think of all the things I could have done that would have been good for me or good for other people yeah. or whatever. Yeah. So, so there's that deleterious effect, but Again, it comes back to a, a, a sin and there's a theological dimension or a spiritual dimension to this because it shuts me off from God. Yeah, exactly. Right? So when exactly. I am, when I've got my face buried in the, in the bag of chips. Right. Right. And I'm, I'm on my, you know, whatever number of uh, beers yeah. or weed smoking or edibles or and you're whatever. into the third season of and, and, uh, and I'm into the fifth season of right, whatever right? right and I've been watching for eight hours on my couch you know what's really hard to hear is God's voice right right because that's creating a lot of noise in my life right that eating and that drinking and that watching and that gluttony that overuse of those things is in a sense is creating noise in my, in, in my heart, in my mind, my spirit. And a lot of times that's why we do it. Because if it was quiet, there's things that bother us. You know, there's that broken relationship. There's those financial problems. Right. There's those things that aren't right in my life. And right. I, could, I could address those, but I'm anesthetizing myself. You can drown them out. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm self-medicating. Yep. Right? I'm self-medicating with food or booze or entertainment or material things. And that drowns those out. It shuts out the noise or it creates noise and shuts out. Sure. Makes it so I can't hear those things. I can't hear the broken relationship. I can't hear the financial problems. I can't hear the, this. Right. I can't hear that because I don't want to listen to those right now. But you know what else it shuts out? It's God's voice. Right. Very difficult to listen to God when I'm creating, when I'm anesthetizing myself or self-medicating myself right. in this gluttonous way. And there's no, and there's, and there's no getting around facing God anyway, now, later. It, yeah. Just, yeah. So we, we got to get to the antidote and the antidote, right, is 
Temperance. Temperance, which is a fancy old word that, that basically means self-control. Yeah. Moderation. So nobody is saying that you can't, I'm certainly not saying that you can't eat a good meal or, right. you know, enjoy a, you know, drink with your friend or watch Netflix. But moderation and temperance is yeah. a virtue to practice. Yeah. And it's gaining self-control. And, you know, Paul talks in his letters about the value of self-control as a fruit of the spirit. A fruit of the Holy Spirit is self-control. And this is what I think is so dangerous right now for us in this culture. Because if you wound the clock back in history, in Christendom, there's certainly gluttony is always, people have always secured to it, right? But at least if you said to somebody, hey, if it was a thousand years ago and I said, uh, you know, hail, (laughs) you know, Ed, (laughs) however they talk to that time. And I said, thou layest on thy uh, couch uh, being gluttonous. Right. Thou shouldst practice moderation and temperance and self-control. You would probably say, uh, you're right. 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 I mean, you might not be able to do it, but at least you would acknowledge that value. Right. But in today's culture, we don't hold that value anymore. Right. So good luck telling somebody that they're, they're abusing right. things. Good luck telling somebody, hey, you know, you shouldn't overeat or overdrink right. or overwatch TV or overconsume, right? Right. Because we have an entire culture that not only is built on consumption right. and overconsumption of things, but that rationalize it and holds holds it up as an ideal. Right. Overconsume the video games, overconsume the drugs, overconsume the alcohol, overconsume the entertainment, overconsume the food. And and by the way, don't tell somebody that you shouldn't do those right. things because they'll get really defensive and say, hey, this is my lifestyle, it's my life. Don't tell me I can't, blah, 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 blah. Right. Right. So we lost the ideal of moderation and temperance mm-hmm. and self-control. And somebody will accuse you of being a prude or being a Puritan or being a whatever. And you go, no, I mean, I'm, I'm just saying like, right. you know, put some limits on it. It's a result of pulling God out of the equation. You're making, we're making ourselves little gods. Nobody can tell me what to do. Well, we're materialists. And, and in a lot of ways, consumption becomes the only purpose in life that we have. Yeah. Right. I mean, right. You, right. When you, when you become a total materialist and God has left the picture and transcendental values have left the picture, what is there? And you know who says that? Again, St. Paul, first Corinthians 15, he's talking about the resurrection and he says, if Christ is not raised, if there is no resurrection, if we only live for this life, like, you know, we're born and we die right. and that's it. He said, then we might as well, what? Eat, drink, and be merry. Eat, drink, and be merry, because tomorrow you die anyway. Right. And there it is. Paul, 1 Corinthians chapter 15, Paul's quoting an ancient Greek poet who said, man, life is short. There's nothing that comes before it, and there's nothing that comes after it. You're here on this world for a little while. Make yourself feel as good as you can for as long as you can. Eat, drink, and be merry. And Paul says, well, you know what? If there is no resurrection... If there is no left life, next life, if there is no, you know, right. judgment day, right, then he's right. 
Yeah, then we are to be pitied. Then we are, but but he's right. Then you might as well just eat, drink, and be merry. And that's the problem with gluttony today. Because the thing is, we've stopped believing in the resurrection. We stopped believing in God. We stopped believing in the transcendent world. We stopped believing there's anything beyond this world. And so in this world, grab as much as you can, while you can, as fast as you can. And we have an entire economy that is structured around selling you dopamine hits, sure. selling sure. you food, selling you drinks, selling you weed, selling you um, stop, yep. selling you entertainment and telling you consume as much of it, make as much money to consume as much as you can, yep. as fast as you can, as long as you can. And that's really all that life has to offer you. Yeah. So we have become a gluttonous yeah. society. And it really is a sin, a very practical sin that goes to the heart of, I think, 21st century postmodern uh, consumer cultures. Yeah. And, and the, the, the prophetic virtue we need to have bring against that is this idea that there is a rex- resurrection, there is a God, there is our eternal things. Uh, and, and we have to put the things of this world, the eating and drinking and being merry part, nothing wrong with eating, nothing wrong with drinking and nothing right. wrong with being merry. But we got to put those in some kind of boundaries right. to pay attention to the bigger things. And that is so hard, almost impossibly hard to do in the noise and the culture and, sure. and, and, and the pressures of, of a consumer yeah. society. Yeah. Well said. Thanks, Ed. Good stuff. Thank you for listening. My name is Greg Smith. And if you've enjoyed this podcast, would you please hit the like and subscribe buttons wherever you get your podcasts? And please share it with others. And if you're curious about the Catholic worldview and faith, the Church and its saints, or Catholic history, culture, and art, then visit consideringcatholicism.com. And email me to let me know what you think. Greg at consideringcatholicism.com dot com.